0: To WBAI New York, 99.5 FM and streaming live via WBAI.org. This is Driving Forces, where we take a deeper look into the issues and people shaping our community and our country. I'm Celeste Katz Marston, reunited, and it feels so good with my wonderful co host, Jeff Simmons. We missed you, Jeff. We missed you.
1: I missed you too, Celeste, and of course, I missed Reggie as well. I have to say, folks, this was the much uh, long overdue staycation that I needed for this last week. I ate, I read, I read a book on lowering my carbon footprint. So in a way, it was kind of like work related. It wasn't all pleasure. It was important stuff, you know, but I have to tell you, I even learned the finer points of mixing baking soda and, and distilled vinegar so I could clean. What did you clean with that? <laughs> uh, let's just say that uh, I spent a good amount of time in the kitchen and the bathroom, stuff folks that I've not been able to do in quite some time. That's the type of vacation that actually brings me pleasure.
0: Well, on on behalf of the listening public, we are very happy that you finally got to these these cleaning duties, Jeff, but you're a clean guy, and not to mention the hardest working man in show business, but it is good to have you back. Glad you got a little bit of a, a respite, but uh, very happy to hear your voice again, as always. So and this week. And yours where- as well. <laughs> yeah, why thank you. I was just so excited. I decided to cut you off there. Uh, so this week, we're going to have a great show for you. We are talking, of course, about the race to become the next mayor of the city of New York. Last week, we had a good program, albeit without Jeff, but we had three great guests on to talk about ranked choice voting and the Democratic nominee, uh, Eric Adams. We had Rachel Holiday smith from the city, uh Bloomberg Opinion editorial board member Robert A. George and Professor Christina Green of Fordham University. Uh, this week, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to shift our focus to the Republican nominee for mayor of New York. And of course, that is Curtis Sliwa, the founder of the Guardian Angels. He's going to be going up against Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams, who's now the Democratic Party nominee uh, in the general election. And Curtis Sliwa is going to be appearing right here on Driving Forces in just a little while. Now, obviously, Curtis Lewa is a guy that we all know, very familiar figure, probably going way back to uh, the Guardian Angels, which he founded in 1979. Many of you may know him as uh, a radio host with a, a colorful broadcast style, and he's uh, certainly not pulling any punches talking about Mayor de Blasio lately. Uh, I mean, Jeff, you remember Curtis Lewa going way back, right?
1: Way back. I mean, Curtis, for folks who know a little about my career, I worked at New York One for five and a half years, and Curtis was also a regular fixture on New York One over the years with, uh, one of our other guests here, Herson Barrero, uh, uh, for a weekly segment as well. But yeah, I've, I've, just like you, Celeste, uh, reporting on New York City politics and crime and, and just covering New York City. I'd be surprised if any reporter did not cross paths with Curtis Lewa.
0: Exactly exactly, and you know it's it's interesting, I mean obviously in New York and we've talked about this on the program before generally it's it's pretty hard for Republicans to get elected they tend to have a an uphill battle, but they do get elected uh, of course uh mayor Rudy Giuliani uh you know uh, ran the city uh famously tried to parlay that into a run for president, which didn't exactly work out and uh, he's recently actually lent his support to uh, Curtis Lee was fundraising uh you know there's a bad I think I just checked the records, about 3.7 or so million registered Democrats in the city and fewer than 570,000 registered Republicans. But but we tend to have these low turnout elections lately. And it is worth noting that about a million people are registered as blank or unaffiliated voters. So, you know, it's it's definitely an uphill climb, but it is not a foregone conclusion. And we know that Curtis Lee was kind of a flashy character, a guy with a long backstory, but, you know, we're going to see what else we can learn about him today.
1: And whether you watch New York One or you watch that debate where, as Errol Lewis had said, you're not allowed to have them, but he loves props. So uh, radio is a little different. You can't have props. To talk about Curtis Sliwa and how he fits into this race and the political scene in New York, we'd like to welcome our first guest, Michael Gartland. He is an award-winning reporter who covers politics and city hall for our alma mater the new york daily news and also it's so interesting because michael's career and mine have some similar places during his 20-year career he's covered politics housing crime healthcare, and religion for the news for the new york post where i had worked and also before i got to the post the bergen record as well and the charleston post and courier and newsday michael gartland welcome to wbai hey guys
2: it's great to be here can you hear me okay
1: Yes, we can. Thank you so much for joining us today. So, talk to us a little about Curtis Lewa's bid for the mayoralty. What rationale is he giving for why he should lead the city?
2: Well, he's, he's like Eric Adams, is focused on public safety, but he's he's offering what I think is a more hardline approach. Um, he wants more police. He wants more arrest. Um, he wants to I believe the number of new cops he wants is 3,000. Um, he wants to, to raise it from about 35,000 to 38,000. And, you know, I mean, he's, he's openly mocked, you know, some of the solutions that, uh, Adams, uh, has offered, you know, the, the prevention type solutions, like summer jobs. And, um, violence interrupter programs, He he's kind of suggested those are are kind of mamby-pamby approaches to crime, right? Um, And, you know, Adams has argued, you know, he is for the, the phrase he's used over and over again is prevention and intervention. So, you know, Adams has called for those kinds of approaches, violence interrupters, more jobs for youth in the summer um, and those are approaches that Blasio's um, put forth too but you know Adams has also said he wants to bring back a, a new iteration of the anti-crime unit to uh, to get guns off the streets um, and that he's going to take a really hard line against police who are bad actors and, and really accelerate the timeline to get them off the police force. so And I think Curtis is, he does not have to cater to a segment of voters as much as Adams does that's, that is attuned to police reform issues. You know, Adams has, has focused much of his attention on public safety, but he's, he's kind of leavened that message with, you know, police reform message, Um, I think. You know, many on the progressive left would say he's it's not enough. Um, that that's kind of a, uh, a a voter profile that that Curtis Lewa doesn't have to um, cater to as much as Adams had had to, and I think still has to during the uh, general election.
0: And that's a that's a good point and michael welcome to the program it's uh, nice to have you here with us today to talk about this um you know that's one thing i've been wondering about is okay so curtis Lewa is really making uh, law and order, kind of the center of his campaign, and and you made some really good points just now about how he does that, running against a former cop, uh, you know, and also obviously doing that in a city where Republican registrants uh, for voting are vastly outnumbered by Democrats. Do, do you get a sense that there's anything in Slegw's platform that is gonna attract? Crossover voters, uh, whether that's within his his sort of uh, policing or law and order platform or something else. I mean, he can't do it with Republicans alone. Just the math doesn't work.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. I, I you know, I think it's going to be really hard for him to do that. You know, I mean, this is this is um, Adams has been really consistent with his messaging on public safety, and um, and and. You know, it's it's been battle tested in the Democratic primary, which he, you know, emerged victorious from. So, you know, there there might be some crossover voters who just won't vote for Adams based on, you know, they don't like him on on some, you know, issue that 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 he he has come out on that they really disagree with. This this is maybe a protest vote, but. You know, getting a crossover vote from Democrats in significant numbers, I think is going to be really, really challenging for him. Um, You know, he's 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 raised far less money than Adams. um, And I think, you know, Adams appealed to he aside from the public safety part, he, he really kind of hammered home on this message that he's for working-class New Yorkers. Um, And I think, you know, cutting into that after months and months of hearing that for, you know, Democratic voters is going to be tough to to kind of sway enough to make a difference for, for Curtis.
1: And, Michael, you had recently written about Curtis Lee was sounding off about not being invited to the White House while Eric Adams... Got Facetime with President Biden. Tell us a little about that. Tell our listeners about that. His reaction.
2: Well, that that what I should I should say this. Um, that was a story that appeared in the news. Um, my my colleague Tim Bach wrote that story, so you know, shout out to Tim for that. Um, it's you know, I think. Look, um, Curtis. You know, he the the point he's making is that look, we're both um, nominees. Um, he's a Republican Adams is a Democrat and as as you know on paper candidates with an equal shot a competitive shot we should both be included um, the reality is you know as, as you guys referenced before I mean far more people in New York City are registered as Democrats the the general election um, is is almost you know, it's considered almost pro forma at this point, um, especially in, in recent years. I mean, the, um, you know, it's been a while since there's been a serious Republican contender for citywide office. So, you know, I think, you know, Slee was within his rights to kind of make that argument and use that rhetoric. But it's also, you know, most people who observe politics in New York City know that. He's really got a long shot chance of becoming the next mayor. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah, I, it's a bit disingenuous. I mean, I think you know he's he's totally w- within his right to make that argument, but you know, I mean, it's it's a he's got a long shot run ahead of him for the general.
0: You're listening to Driving Forces here on WBAI New York. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston here with Jeff Simmons, and we're speaking to Michael Gartland, a uh, reporter who covers politics for the New York Daily News, and we're talking about Curtis Slewa, the Republican nominee for uh, mayor of the city of New York. Uh, Michael, Slewa got into uh, kind of a, a scandal or fix recently in, involving, speaking of his rhetoric, something that he said back in 2018 during a, a speech, a video clip emerged of, of these comments, and uh, a lot of people you know, I think pretty understandably, you know, confronted him about it. He said something to the effect of Orthodox Jews were trying to take over people's communities and that they were a burden on the, uh, you know, on the public and so on. What can you tell us about that? Is he still getting heat for that? Is he apologized? What What's up there?
2: Um, he, you know, this story has been covered um, pretty extensively in Jewish media. It's It's been covered um, as well in in some of the city papers Um, you know I mean his his apologies kind of been characterized as as like a half measure by some right Um, you know so you know there was one thing he said in that that um, that whole uh, diatribe or whatever you want to describe it as I don't know if that's the correct way to put it but you know and what he said that, that he got fire from is you know he he noted at some point that that Orthodox Jewish groups tend to vote in blocks and I think I I think that part of what he said is actually accurate but I think what what it means for him is is not good in some cases because the the, the way he characterized uh, the Orthodox Jews as kind of being you know, a drag on social services, you know, I mean, he, he kind of, the way he characterized it was, is kind of, they were intentionally gaming social services system. Um, And, but, you know, given the fact that, that, that some Hasidic groups do tend to vote in blocks, I mean, that's going to be a huge liability for him, I think, in, in, in some blocks of voters that, you more conservative. I mean, you you did have, um, you know, some of those neighborhoods um, voting um, for Trump. Uh, and, you know, they, they may, you know, which, I mean, also raises the question, you know, I mean, Trump is, is viewed by many people as, as um, you know, anti-Semitic, right? So,
0: Although that's a you know, not to interrupt you, but that's an interesting thing about Sliwa. He wants nothing to do with Trump. Is that right?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's my sense. And so you know, it's I think it's an open question how those segments will will vote for him. I I don't think he did any it did himself any favors with that segment of the population. But you you did see you know um, many Orthodox Jews coming out for Trump, which you know. Some political observers would say, well, you know, they're voting against their own interests by by supporting Trump. So, you know, I mean, it kind of remains to be seen what the outcome will be. But I I don't think it was a good, a very good look for him. Um, You know, what the ultimate kind of result of it is, like I said, remains to be
1: seen. So, Michael, I'm just really curious. You know, having worked on a number of campaigns, you know about how uh, important certain endorsements are, and I'm really curious if you expect that Rudy Giuliani will be out there more publicly fundraising for Curtis, possibly doing events with him, and if that's helpful or hurtful. Do you foresee Giuliani getting more involved in the campaign?
2: I, you know, I, that's a really good question, and I I don't I I don't know the answer. I mean. I think, um, you know, Rudy's son is running for something. Is is he running for governor, is that right? Yeah,
0: he is. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, I mean, you know, maybe he'll see, uh, not that that Rudy is in need of of more public exposure. I mean, you know, like maybe he he would see it as helpful to his son to support Curtis. Um, I mean, certainly at this point and kind of, the city's history with Rudy—he's—it strikes me that he's kind of at the lowest ebb of his career. That that kind of public opinion in New York City is at the lowest that it ever has been with him. You know, and I'm—you um, know—as you both know, I mean, the the contrast to, you know, when he was a federal prosecutor, and you know, literally like, you know, going gangbusters in that office, and. You know, when crime was so high and he was he was kind of viewed by many as this um, the the person that was helping to turn the tide. I mean, you you know, many would say that Dinkins was the one that really got the ball rolling on that and and didn't get enough credit for it. But so, you know, I mean, I think, look, like among if if he's trying to get a crossover vote. among Democrats in the city, even moderate Democrats, Trump, uh, or Rudy, rather, is, is is a non-starter. Rudy is, is almost synonymous with Trump at, at this point. Um, you know, I think, you know, Giuliani is still popular, probably in some segments of, of the city, but, you know, they're, they're so few and far between, and I would guess represent not enough voters to... Be helpful. I, I think Giuliani getting involved and in, in helping Sliwa uh, would probably hurt him more than it helps. And and I'm kind of curious how um, sensitive to that Rudy would be or, or cognizant of it
1: so michael i'm also curious because of uh, your reporting hopefully uh, this is something that you might know about but about the, the others who are involved in Curtis was campaign who's behind the scenes, who is supporting him behind the scenes and working with him
2: well, you know it's you know if you look at the the fundraising for forwa um he is he has raised a lot less money than adams um you know, he, he's not receiving public matching funds. Uh, he, he's received about four hundred thousand dollars in and campaign contributions. You know, Adams has raised um, nearly five million, and then when you add public matching funds, I think public matching funds bring it yeah, that those the matching funds total about eight million. So if that, but you know, you look at some of Sliwa's donors, I noticed, interestingly enough that frank sedio the former brooklyn democratic party boss um donated to curtis according to the city's campaign finance records i I thought that was interesting given that that is interesting Adam, adam yeah adam's is you know kind of comes out of you know he's he's um i don't know that it's he's officially received the support of the brooklyn county democratic party but certainly you know Frank Corone who's the party's lawyer um is a supporter of Adams Adams shouted him out on election night at his party in Williamsburg um and Corone and Sedio are are both um you know they're closely linked you know Sedio was was the the head of the party and and Carone has has served as its um as its lawyer um, so, you know, I mean, as you guys know, I mean, sometimes people will make hedge donations. You know, there are people who donated to Scott Stringer, who donated to Adams, who donated to, you know, someone else. Like some, sometimes donors do that. But I thought it was, I don't want to say odd, but really it was kind of interesting to to see that Sedio gave money to, to Curtis. Um, I also noticed that, it looked like, and, you know, I don't know how many Bernard Getzes there are in, in New York City, but it looked like Bernard Getz gave some money to SLEWA, which based on the city records, it appears as refunded. So I don't know if there's some kind of. You know, Synergy with the, you know, Curtis has the cats and I think didn't, I I think Bernie Getz used to have like a pet squirrel or something. I I don't know. I think he's the guy, I don't know.
0: And I, somebody needs to check me on this and during the call in segment, somebody can check me on this, but I believe he was responsible for uh, installing very interestingly painted squirrel houses in the trees and Tompkins Square Park. I think that, that gets and squirrels, there was, there was definitely some sort of, some sort of nexus there. If, correct me if I'm Uh, wrong. Jeff, am I, am I just imagining this? But I, I think there's a, there's some sort of a, a squirrel thing there. I'm not sure about that. I'm
1: actually, I called up quickly, but it's another story about Bernie Getz uh, advising Curtis Slewa to eat more vegetables after Slewa was shot by a mafia hitman, I think. Sorry, Michael, to go off track there.
2: <laughs> no, I, it's, you know, I, I know, I, I think, you know, that's caused that, that, um, attempt on his life is caused him a lot of headaches over the years, just as far as his his own personal health. Um, So, but yeah, as far as like supporters, um, you know, he doesn't, he, he has a much less space, you know, on paper right now from, from what I'm seeing, like his, his campaign operation is, it doesn't appear to be nearly as sophisticated as Adam's. And, you know, I mean, it's, it helps to get, you know, to get your ads out, to get your face out. I mean, they're going to be stories that the election will be covered. Curtis, there'll be stories on Curtis Lee, there'll be stories on Eric Adams. But, you know, Adams has a, a big advantage as far as being able to get his name out there through paid advertising, whether it's on TV, on the Internet, what have you. So, you know, I, I I saw that that Curtis has, you know, he's hired some a, a political consultant. I think Global Strike is the name of the consultant. I, I'm not familiar with the firm. I mean, you know, Adams has some seasoned vets, um, you know, backing his campaign. So, you know, but you never know. Um, you never know what could happen. That there, there were, you know, some questions about where um, Adams actually resides, you know, I mean, you know, his campaign during the primary um, maintained that it was in Brooklyn. He was staying in Borough Hall for a while, but the question was raised, was he staying in, in Jersey? Um, you know, I don't know that that becomes a huge issue during the general election, but, you know, Curtis, you, you never know what can happen in an election, and if there's something that comes to light about Adams that's, particularly um turns voters off you know maybe maybe it ups his chances curtis's that is
0: and michael i wish we had more time but where can people read more about this campaign read more of your coverage of uh, this contest and everything else that's going on in uh, new york politics
2: Oh, it's a, you know, the Daily News, the, the paper is um, a, a newsstand, so you sub- can subscribe to it, and uh, you, can, you can read it at nydailynews.com as well.
0: Great. Thank you. Michael Gartland is a reporter for the New York Daily News. Michael, thanks for joining us here on Driving Forces today. Really appreciate it.
2: Thanks, guys. Appreciate
1: it. And Celeste, let me add this. I did, and Reggie's yeah. been doing some research for us. Do you want to mention what Reggie Oh saying? yeah.
0: Thank you, Reggie. So it turns out <laughs> I am not completely off my rocker. There is, there is a connection between Bernard Getz and the squirrels of New York. And, and the, and the other piece, actually, I called up
1: by, uh, someone who used to work at AP, it seems now at the Daily News, I believe still, which would be Larry McShane. Mm-hmm. Um, that there was a story he wrote about the connection. This goes back to this piece back to 1999. If Larry, if you're listening, you wrote about, uh, Slewa and Bernie Getz being pals in the day after that, uh, that subway shooting. Uh, and, uh, it, uh, so anyway, just trying oh my God, that's to, a, that, that is,
0: this. that is some wild stuff. Okay. So see the things you can learn about New York or be reminded of about New York here on WBAI, uh, which actually leads me to, uh, just a moment, taking a moment to remind you that the only way we can keep these programs on the air was with your support. Please go to WBAI.org, check it out and make as generous a donation as you possibly can to support free speech, non-commercial radio. Join the WBAI family. Become a BAI buddy in the name of your favorite show. Giving just twenty-five dollars or more makes you a member of this station, and we are a five hundred one c three nonprofit, which means you can write it off on your taxes. You're you're a BAI buddy, Jeff, right?
1: Yes, I am. And in fact, what's so interesting, I don't know if we still have them online for some of the gifts you can get for certain donations, but uh, we were having the masks uh, that you could also purchase for, what is it, $30 or $35. I wore mine, Celeste, when I went out to the farmer's market recently. It was interesting because nice. someone was vaguely looking at me and she's like, are you a host on WBAI? Because the wonderful masks
0: we have are BAI branded. Oh my God. That is, that is so true. I have my BAI mask and I happen to be a big fan of all these things. Oh, hang on a second. Our, our helpful producer Reggie's now telling me it's $35. $35. Is that right? The masks and, are still $35 and they still right? exist. Yes. You nice. still can get the
1: masks black or white. They, I, I will say I love these masks.
0: So absolutely check it out and check out all the other fun premiums that we have there. You know, you can, uh, you can get all different kinds of gifts, uh, as our thanks for supporting, uh, for supporting this station. WBAI.org. Just click ways to donate or you can give a call, 212-209-2950. 212-209-2950. We're going to take a little break, have a little music. And when we come back, Republican nominee for mayor of the city of New York, Curtis Slewa, you're listening to WBAI. And you're listening to WBAI New York 99.5 FM and streaming live via WBAI.org. I'm Celeste Katz Marston here with Jeff Simmons, and you're listening to Driving Forces. When did you think that you were ever going to hear Alice Cooper on WBAI? Probably around the same time you thought you were going to hear Curtis Slewa on WBAI, but today... Both of those things are true. So joining us right now, Curtis Lewa, the founder of the Guardian Angels, talking about crime still to this very day, only now he's doing it as the Republican nominee for the next mayor of New York City. Originally, he's from Canarsie. Curtis Lewa is also known to New Yorkers as a radio host, political commentator, and in general, a guy who's not afraid to say what he thinks. And today, he's also going to be taking your calls. So give us a call, 212 209 Curtis Sliwa, welcome to WBAI.
3: Oh, my pleasure. And when I was back in high school in Brooklyn Prep in 1972, where we were told, don't trust anybody over 30. And the Berrigan brothers would come in and lecture us about the anti-war movement. I listened to it intently. And you know what happened? It was school's out forever for me. Alice Cooper, the Jesuits, shined their boots on my backside, kicked me out, and I've never looked back since.
0: So, uh, so a, a tough, uh, tough luck story there, Curtis. But all right, so let's let's just get right to the thing. Let's let's do the thing. Okay, sixty seconds. I'm timing this. Sixty seconds. Why should you be the next mayor? What in your background qualifies you to lead a city as big and complicated and messy as New York? Go.
3: Clearly, my credentials are in public safety and the issues all revolve around crime and what to do with lost souls, the emotionally disturbed and the homeless who unfortunately are forced to live in the subway streets and parks, which has been the areas that I have spent 42 years patrolling. So I understand these situations. And I'm going to contrast the professional politicians. Wow, they've done really a fine job with the defund the police movement. How's that worked out? The no bail situation. And now the next mayor is going to have a $5 billion debt hanging over him, whether it's Eric Adams or myself. So I say, how about a little common sense approach? How about somebody who comes in and says we're going to have to do more with less because that's just the reality we're going to have to live in? 1970s. I lived through that when we had a back fiscally. I know what has to be done to get the city back on track.
1: And I want to remind our listeners, the number to call in is 212-209-2877. That number again is 212-209-2877. Curtis, it's great to have you on the show today. Being a Republican in New York is often not the same thing as being a Republican anywhere else so what would you say is your personal brand of republicanism and why would a democrat want to vote for you
3: well number one unlike other republicans in new york city i have the ability to go into neighborhoods where the only republican they've ever seen is abraham lincoln on a five dollar bill and at least be listened to it doesn't mean they're going to vote for me but they'll listen to me and i did what michael bloomberg spent millions of dollars doing i spent nothing to get the independent party line to run in the general election so that, for instance, Bloomberg spent millions to get the independence party line. He would not have been elected mayor as a Republican solely, especially the last time against Billy Thompson. And I come from a household in which I was raised by my mother and father, Chester and Francesca, hardcore Democrats, They weren't Reagan Democrats. They weren't Giuliani Democrats. If they were still alive now and I was only running on the Republican line, they would not have voted for me. But on the independent party line, people who are moderates, independents, of which I know a lot about. I was the New York State Reform Party chairman for years. And people who are open minded might well cross the Maginot line, especially animal rights activists because I'm the only candidate who stands for no-kill shelters. We're not killing dogs and cats any longer in the shelter system. Los Angeles has no-kill shelters. Austin has no-kill shelters. And we in New York City are going to have no-kill shelters.
0: So, uh, Curtis, uh, and I appreciate you that you are willing to take calls here. I just want to give you guys a number, 212-209-2877. This is your chance to speak directly with a nominee for mayor, 212-209-2877. I want to back up for just a second there, talking about, uh, you know, they weren't Giuliani Democrats. They're talking about Rudy Giuliani. He's, uh, he's somebody who is, uh, somebody you've known for a long time, uh, somebody who's lent his name to your fundraising. You know, Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani, obviously, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the trophy today for understatement, say he's a controversial figure. He's still popular among some Republicans in the city and nationally, but he also has law license suspended in several places, you know, maybe not flavor of the month for everybody. What, what do you want people to take away from the fact that Rudy Giuliani stands with Curtis Sliwa?
3: Well, you're absolutely correct. And we had that discussion initially because my opponent in the Republican primary spent Two million dollars in advertising, of which I didn't have, to drop advertising on my head in the last two weeks of the primary saying Curtis Lee was not a Republican and he's a never-Trumper. And both of those statements were true. You didn't hear me arguing against that, saying, oh, you know, they're lying, they're embellishing. It was true. I had just become a Republican because the New York State Reform Party was wiped out with the other independent parties with Andrew Cuomo's vengeance against the Working Families Party that he only ended up strengthening. And number two, I didn't support Donald Trump. People know that. I voted independently, both in 16 and in the recent election with Joe Biden. I believe Joe Biden is the president. Vice President Harris is the vice president. Uh, I believe the people on January 6th should be locked up. The key thrown away. Uh, I, I, I have party company with Rudy on those issues, and he knows that. But when it came to reviving the city in 1992, and then when we sworn in in 1993, there was so much that he did that was good. And a lot of what he gets accused of was actually committed by Michael Bloomberg to stop and frisk, the 700,000 stop and frisk, which was a violation of people's rights because of quotas. I observed the Giuliani administration. In his term, there were less than 100,000 stop and frisk a year. Michael Bloomberg actually had a quota imposed and he only apologized when he tried to buy the Democratic nomination to become the next president of the United States. So I appreciate Rudy's support for my position as mayor when it comes to public safety. But we have publicly distanced ourselves from one another, both on the Trump issue and obviously what happened in the aftermath of the election. Look, I've said... President Joe Biden is our president, without question. The election was fair and square.
1: I want to remind listeners, if you have a call for Curtis Sliwa, Call 212-209-2877, 212-209-2877. And Curtis, I want to thank you for triggering me by taking me back to 2009 when I worked for Billy Thompson back then. And we were up against, as you noted, uh, over a $100 million in that campaign. So thank you for reminding me of that. Um, uh, you've been talking about how you got a raw deal when Eric Adams got invited to the White House to talk about crime while you did not. Did you, did you really expect that President Biden, a Democrat, was going to invite uh, you, a Republican, who doesn't currently hold office to the White House as well?
3: No, but let's face it. I looked at the individuals who were invited to the roundtable discussion, some of whom I know because I, I run Guardian Angel chapters in those cities, Chicago. Cleveland, Baltimore, Washington, and I've had dialogue with them, police commissioners and mayors. But let's face it, Eric Adams is a borough president. Now I know what borough presidents do, because remember, I raised two with another cats, Melinda cats, and I know that what they do is mostly ceremonial, they cut ribbons, they appoint members to the community board, they deal with some capital budget issues. But they don't deal with public safety and law and order issues. And so why he was at the table?
0: So, wait, weren't you going to run for borough president at some point yourself, though, Curtis?
3: Yes, I was. And I realized my polling numbers were that Melinda Katz would have trounced me by uh, like a 7 to 1 ratio. So I had to reconsider that. I think that was more out of my angst, my anger. That uh, I was ousted from the house at that point. We weren't getting along, so I, I reconsidered that real quick, real quick. But in this in this race, I'm in it to win it. I'm in it the whole nine yards.
1: All right. So I so, want to, since we're talking about relationships, I want to go to the relationship that our mayors in New York City have with Andrew Cuomo, our governor. Um, You know, I'm curious. We saw that uh, Andrew Cuomo held a press event with Eric Adams. You know, do you really expect that whoever the next mayor is, they're going to have a good relationship with Andrew Cuomo?
3: Well, I hope it's not Andrew Cuomo. The guy belongs in jail. It's that simple. Look at all those elderly people who ended up dying as a result of an executive order that he issued to transfer COVID-19 patients from hospitals to long care senior citizen uh, units. And by the way, he used camouflage. He still will not acknowledge the damage done. He's lying. And forget all the other issues about his personal interactions with women, which uh, classifies him as a first-class perv. Uh, I mean, just the fact that people died unnecessarily, and instead of being apologetic, instead of saying we were in, the cri- in a crisis, an emergency, and things got beyond our control. No, he's lied about it along with his staff. For that, he should go. And I'll tell you this much. I would not have been standing on a stage with Andrew Cuomo. How could Eric Adams do that? Knowing the menace that Andrew Cuomo has been, not only to the seniors who died and the families who we won't even give the time of day, but you notice they don't even publish when the meeting would take place, what time it would take place, because they didn't want demonstrators out there who were there on behalf of their loved ones who died unnecessarily because of the orders of the health care czar, Zucker, and obviously Cuomo.
0: So we can keep talking about this, but we have some callers on the line. If you want to call in, ask your question of Curtis Lewa, nominee for Mayor of New York, 212-209-2877, 2877 We're going to go to our first caller, WBAI. You're on the air. What's your name and where you're calling from?
2: Hi, this is Joyce from Manhattan. And Mr. Sliwa, um, you're asking for us to hire you to run a business. So I'd like to understand what fiscal experience you have specifically. Details, please, in terms of budget management,
0: operations, and the like. Thank you. Thank you, Trish.
3: Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I'm called upon to explain my background And management and budget and dealing in government operations, i got to tell you, I am so glad I have not been in an entrenched political force because look at the mess they've gotten us into to the point where we're staring at a $5 billion looming deficit that's going to take us back to the 70s. I've been the only candidate to advocate that we need self-discipline We don't have it. I wouldn't have it. We need to revive the financial control board, which is mothballed. It's still active, but it would take an act of the governor to reestablish its ability to keep us within our fiscal means. I remember in the 70s, Felix Roatan, who represented the bankers, Victor Gottbaum, who I had had dialogue with, who represented the unions, how they pooled their resources and kept New York City from being in the In the category of going Chapter 11, which would have had negative ramifications internationally, nationally, and a lot of other urban areas, uh, municipalities would have followed. So I'm not saying I and I alone can do it. I'm not pretentious. I'm not omnipotent. But I'll tell you this much in having watched Bill de Blasio and Corey Johnson spend money that they don't have like drunken sailors, we need a controlling interest above the mayor to be able to make sure that every nickel, dime, and penny of tax dollars is spent appropriately and that we're not all put into debt that we'll never recover from.
0: We're going to go to our next caller, 212-209-2877. If you want to talk to Curtis Lewa, ask him a question. Why should Curtis Lewa be mayor of New York as opposed to anybody else? 212-209-2877. Going to our next caller right now, WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from?
2: Hey, it's Russell. I live on 92nd Street.
0: Hey, Russell, what's going on?
3: Curtis built a global guardian angel corporate presence in the last 40 years. I think that's something to be considered. And he hasn't been just progressive. He's a radical self-help activist. Curtis was there on the Upper West Side fighting criminal landlords Alan Sackman and Tony Pastiglione in the mid-80s. And what I really want to ask Curtis is there's another eco-socialist animal rights activist running on the Republican line against a really entrenched, professional politician named Gail Brewer. Her name is Nancy Slewa, your spouse. And I think she's really got an opportunity to win. Curtis, is she running? Yeah, well, thank you for remembering how I took on greedy landlords, not just then, but also now, when homeless people were transitioned into COVID-19 hotels and the beneficiaries of that, with no transparency, were the friends of Bill de Blasio. There were no services provided, no programs for those with drug problems or alcohol problems or who had emotional, mental health issues to be dealt with. Thank you for that. And, yes, my wife Nancy is the first Republican to run for the Upper West Side City Council seat in 10 years. She is a staunch, I mean, staunch believer in Bernie Sanders. She went to the Philadelphia Convention railing against uh, the stack deck against Bernie when Hillary Clinton won with all the designated delegates. And she has transitioned to be an Upper West Side resident who is so incredibly involved in the outreach programs for the emotionally disturbed, the homeless, and most importantly, to help the animal community because she is the one who educated me about animal welfare, animal rights, and also the no-kill shelters.
0: Thanks for your call, Russell. 212-209-2877. 212-209-2877. Celeste Katz. Marston and Jeff Simmons talking to Curtis Lewa about why he wants to go from being the founder uh, and operator of the Guardian Angels to being the next mayor of New York City as a Republican. I think we have another caller right now, WBAI. You're on the air. What's your name and where you're calling from? My
2: name is Ed, and I'm calling from the Bronx. What's up, Ed? I rent the room on Finlay Avenue. I'm an old hippie. I'm at the opposite end of the political spectrum from Mr. Silva, but I want to give him a shout out. I know a couple of years ago, he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Hang in there. Keep on fighting. I saw you once in downtown Brooklyn. You were very, you didn't look as healthy as you've been, but it's good to see that you're still fighting. All right. My differences with you are about principle it has nothing to do with personalities. God bless you, sir. Be good.
0: So Ed, oh, you, gonna, you you still there? You gonna vote? You gonna vote for Curtis Lee? Or are you just like think he's a, think he's a pretty good guy? He's going. Oh, the suspense. Ah, oh, thanks Reggie. Well, I don't know, Curtis. What do you think of that? You think you have his vote? Well, Celeste, uh, at least he's halfway
3: there. What I'd like to say is I don't know if you were aware, Celeste, uh, and I'm sorry the name of, of your partner today, I'm sorry the, the name just <laughs> don't It's okay, I'm Jeff.
0: I'm <laughs> due, due i just I'd call him that other guy. <laughs> if you
3: see Eric Adams last night at the Kings County annual dinner in which he declared himself to be the mayor, not the Democratic candidate, in front of the most corrupt group of Democrats who have perfected the art of whining, dining, and pocket lining? Look at all the Democrats who have been part of that Kings County corrupt Democratic machine who are presently in jail who have assisted, slum landlords, the kickbacks, de Blasio almost got indicted setting up a slush fund with a nonprofit. Eric Adams set up a nonprofit. One thing you have to advocate, and I will as mayor, no more nonprofits. Look at the people who are serving time in jail now, about six elected officials, mostly statewide office from the city, who got corrupted because... They were setting up nonprofits. What do you need a nonprofit for? I run a nonprofit, the Alliance of Guardian Angels Inc. For forty-two years. It's an international organization. We have groups in thirteen countries, one hundred and thirty cities. It's not easy to do, but politicians and elected officials should not be running nonprofits that just hire their relatives, their sycophants, their toadies and lackeys, and serves as a slush fund. And to have seen Eric Adams, you know what it reminded me of? Remember the movie The Untouchables with De Niro playing Capone, (laughs) and he was in front of the commission. I am the leader. What is this? I am the mayor. Are you a dictator? Excuse me, there's a general election coming up. I'm not the only candidate running against him. There are independent party candidates, and I will never forget independent party candidates because that's what I've spent most of my life being, an independent voter who for a time was the chairman of the New York State Reform Party.
1: Now, Curtis, we're going to have to wrap up in just a few moments. We've got one more call. We're going to squeeze in quickly. We'll take a final call. Welcome to WBAI. You're on the air. What's your name and what's your question for Curtis? But we have to be brief because we're going to have to wrap up shortly.
2: Okay, I will be brief. Uh, my hi. My name is Bill. Uh, I'm calling from Manhattan. Uh, I worked for the Manhattan District Attorney for over five
3: years. I remember you in 1980 and your base where you where you got your followers was about 11.30 every night in, in inside of Bloomingdale's at the IRT 59th Street,
2: Lexington. I used to come up and see you there. Uh, my question to you is, um, why should anybody believe you or trust you anymore when you actually faked your own
3: kidnapping several times, an incident that never happened? Why should anybody trust you? Well, first off, you are correct. I did fake my own kidnapping back in 1980 and a few other incidents because I was under constant criticism by the police. I got arrested 76 times in the first 13 years of the Guardian Angels because they were harassing me. And it was a PR war. Now looking back, that's 41 years ago. That was a big, big mistake. I've apologized for that. But has Eric Adams apologized for being a follower of Louis Farrakhan? Has anybody asked him that question? You know, he ran against Major Owens, challenged him in the primary years ago, and used members of the Nation of Islam to get his signatures, told David Dinkins, the one he says he wants to role model after his mayoralty, you have to let Minister Farrakhan speak in New York. You should not denounce him. Thank God David Dinkins did. How come nobody asked him about his support for Farrakhan or his support for Tawana Brawley? Huh?
0: Well, I think people people I think people have asked those to be fair, Curtis, people have asked those questions. But, you know, in, the, in that last in this in the last second that we have here, uh, you know, to expand a little bit on what the caller is asking, because it's a legitimate question, given, you know, your colorful past, which has included faking some incidents like straight up faking things. Why should people trust you to run the city?
3: Oh, my God. Look at politicians, right? Have they, are they I'm looking hate? at you.
0: I'm not looking at the other guy. You. Why should they trust no, you? No, I
3: understand, because I've apologized for that. That occurred 40 years ago. And look at all that I've done locally, nationally and internationally with the Guardian Angels, an unarmed interracial force who's gone into neighborhoods where most people wouldn't even have sent their police in to try to bring peace and tranquility. Let's look at that track record. Compare it to my sins. I've, obviously, I've had many sins, and I've apolog- apologized for it and acknowledged it. But you don't discount me completely. You may want to think about it. Say, I don't know about this guy. But let the debates begin. Let me take on Eric Adams. Hopefully, there won't be a coronation. We'll actually have two debates. And if you want to see Curtis Lewis campaigning, you find me in the subways in the streets where you will not find Eric Adams none of the candidates are in the subways every day who survived the democratic process and eric adams says i only ride the subways with my gun well guess what eric i was shot five times on the orders of the Gaddis. i don't carry a gun i don't wear a bulletproof vest i'm not afraid of the people that i'd be representing as the next mayor of the united of, of new york city
0: Curtis Lee, we do appreciate you taking the time today to come on this program, talk about your record, talk about your vision, and take calls talking to regular New Yorkers. We do appreciate that. Where can people find out more about you and your campaign and what you stand for?
3: So all you have to do is go to Mayor dot That's Mayor dot And I want to thank WBAI for giving me this opportunity to a lot of mainstream media. It's as if I'm a person of no consequence, as if the coronation is already taking place. All hail Mayor Eric Adams over my dead body.
0: Curtis Lee, we'll have to have you back again as this campaign goes on. Really appreciate you joining us today on WBAI.
3: Thanks for the opportunity.
1: So uh, we're getting ready to wrap up. We're actually over time. The only thing I'm going to promote as we get ready to, cl- as Celeste gets ready to close, is that if you tune to City Watch this Sunday, David Brand is hosting. He's doing an Olympics-themed episode of City Watch at 10 a.m. He will be joined by someone that Celeste and I know very well, NYU Rudin Center director Mitchell Moss. He'll talk about how the city's 2012 Olympics bid reshaped the cityscape. And uh, he'll also have on Penn State Olympics history professor Mark Dyerson
0: about NYC's role in the development of the Olympics. I always want to leave you with the final thought that we rely on your help to keep commercial-free, listener-supported radio alive here on WBAI. Go to WBAI.org to give or call 212 209 two nine five zero bai.org or 212-209-2950 to make your tax deductible gift want to thank again today's guests daily news reporter michael gartland and mayoral nominee curtis lewa special thanks as always to our engineer reggie if you missed any part of the program you can find it on wbai.org and you can subscribe to driving forces on apple soundcloud or wherever you get your favorite podcasts stay tuned to wbai for more great programming see you on the radio Oh,